to welcome everybody to another edition of The Pastor in Your Pocket. Um, just here again after a too long of an absence, uh, sharing, uh, just answering really just more. I wanted The Pastor in Your Pocket to always be about uh, getting questions from our church family and from our online audience and just answering them from uh, the Bible and just starting a conversation to help. And so this came in some weeks ago, and I'm sure uh, our beloved uh, church member Delane is going to think I totally just demanded him, but I didn't. Uh, he had sent in and asked a question about Ephesians chapter 6 uh, and verse 18, and I'm going to read it here in a minute. Um, well, let's just read it right now. It says this, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And here in the Goodspeed translation, it actually says it, and in other translations it says it like this, using every kind of prayer and entreaty and at every opportunity pray in the Spirit. So uh, the question came in, what does it mean when it says every kind of prayer? Or in some translations it says different kinds of prayer or different styles of prayer or different ways to pray. Um, and so we're going to talk about in the next several Pastor in Your Pockets. And again, I will endeavor to produce one of these on either a Thursday or a Friday uh, and get it out uh, to you all to listen to. Please feel free to share them uh, as you would like, either here on Facebook Live or on our podcast. Uh, you can find it in either place. Uh, and please here, I see a couple people are watching. Uh, please feel free to add comments or something. I'm trying, this is a new thing out here uh, on Facebook, so I'm trying to work that out. Uh, but the question is, what does the Bible mean by different kinds of prayer? And I like something that Brother Kenneth E. Hagan taught us years ago that applies with us a great analogy. You know, we have different kinds of sports, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, golf, hockey there are all kinds of sports and each kind of sport has its own uniqueness its own rules and guidelines its own way to play so to speak and it's important that we know what game we're playing so we know what rules we can operate in and that's something brother Hagen always used to, i can still hear his voice in my mind he used to say you know wouldn't it be funny if we were playing football by baseball rules or baseball by football rules. Uh, people wouldn't know what to do, where to play, how to play, and what's going on. Uh, and so the same thing is true with prayer. There are different kinds of prayer, and we're going to unpack them over the coming weeks. But just for the first one to start with as a bit of an example and to kind of address one of the more common questions that I've heard about prayer, let's talk about what's called the prayer of consecration. Uh, again, and, and just for a little bit, I'll try to remember all of them. I'm probably going to miss some because I don't have them written down. But here's the kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of consecration, which we'll talk about here in a minute. There's the prayer of faith. There's intercession or the prayer of intercession. There's the prayer of supplication. And those things are uh, a little bit different from one another. Uh, let's see. There is the prayer of agreement. Um, I'm trying to think of there is praying in tongues. Uh, so these are all different kinds of prayer, ways of prayer, uh, and it's important that we understand. Oh, that was one I was missing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There are 
revelatory prayers or prayers of revelation. Uh, we're going to look at those. Those are some of my favorite. And so these are all different kinds of prayer. And so here Paul tells the Ephesians, hey, use every kind of prayer and entreaty. Use them all. Don't leave a type of prayer uh, unused in your prayer toolbox. So again, to start off with, as I was thinking about this today, um, let's start our conversation with the prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration. Very famously, this prayer is found by Jesus himself uh, in all, I think it's in all the gospels, but I pulled up Luke's version. And this is the famous prayer in the garden where it says, you know, Jesus withdrew from his disciples about a stone throws away. He knelt down and he prayed and he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then an angel appeared from heaven and strengthened him and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and he became to sweat great drops of blood. Uh, and then it goes on and says he rose up from there had his disciples come with him. He found them sleeping and he asked, why do you sleep? And we know that in other translations of the Bible, um, not, I'm sorry, not translations, in other uh, versions of the Gospels, uh, he continues that and it says that he did that three times. He did that same prayer three times. He would go and pray again, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And he did that three times, a prayer of consecration. So using that a bit of an example, we're going to look at a verse in James as well. Let's unpack then what is the prayer of consecration. It's obviously then a prayer about doing, living, dwelling in the will of God for your life. Now, to talk about that, I, I, the reason why I like to talk about the prayer of consecration is it's famously where Jesus said, Lord, if it be your will. And many times I've heard people pray about all kinds of stuff and they like to tag on at the end of the prayer and Lord, if it's your will, do this thing. Well, that's not a prayer of consecration. A prayer of consecration is about the will of God. And it's either about knowing the will of God or not knowing the will of God. What do I mean by that? In, uh, in James chapter, let me pull up this verse again. In James chapter four, there's a neat passage where James writes and he says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. We'll spend a year there. We'll buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will go and live and do this and do that and be in this place. Right. So here we see another reference to if it is the Lord's will, we'll go do something. So the prayer of consecration applies to when the will of God is known, that's Jesus, and where the will of God is not known. Okay, let, let's talk about that. So again, Jesus's prayer in the garden. Uh, Jesus was not praying, Lord, I don't know what your will is. Tell me what your will is. No, Jesus knew what the will of God was. He knew what Father was asking, and he was asking for something different. Can we do this differently? Can we do it a different way? Is there not another way to accomplish this, Lord? Yet not, not what I want, 
what you want. I, I want to do your will, Father, your way. So sometimes we pray a prayer of consecration when we know the will of God and maybe, again, something in our, in our humanness, something in our soul, something in our flesh doesn't want to yield. Um, and we come to God and say, Lord, I know what you're asking of me to do. I'd really like to do something else. But nevertheless, not what I want, not what my flesh wants, not what my soul wants, but Lord, what do you want? I'm going to commit myself to do your will. The will of God there with Jesus, Jesus knew the will of God. He was not praying because he did not know the will of God. So we can use the prayer of consecration when we know the will of God. And maybe, again, our flesh or our soul is not wanting to fully yield to what we know God is asking. I, I tell people all the time, you know, we, as many of you know, we have six children. And especially when the kids were little, um, for them to disobey me, uh, some things had to happen. My kids had to have heard what I told them to do. They had to have understood what I said. And then they had to have looked at me and said, in one way or another, yeah, no, we're not going to do that, right? <laughs> Again, I have uh, I have two daughters. One's named Sophia, one named Savannah, and and they're so uniquely different as parents know. But Sophia, when she was little, she would look at you and smile sweetly and bat her big, beautiful brown eyes and say, "Yes, Daddy, I'll be glad to," and then never do it. Well, that's not yieldedness. Whereas Savannah would look at you not so sweetly with her big brown eyes and just look at you and go, "No." I'm not doing that. That also is, is not compliant. It, it, two different things. Same thing. They both heard. They both understood. They both in their own way said, I'm not going to yield. That was a great time for them, even though they were little, to pray the prayer of consecration and yield to the will of their father. So that's when the prayer of consecration applies to us. Lord, if this is what you want me to do, okay, God, I, I really don't want to, but I know it's what you want me to do. And that's what Jesus was saying is, Lord, strengthen then my soul. Strengthen my spirit, Lord. Not nevertheless, not what I want, but Lord, I'm going to do what you want. I know what you want me to do. I know what you're asking of me. Okay, God, I'm, I'm praying a prayer of consecration. I will yield to that today. I will yield to that even again. I'll come back to that one more time. So there's, there's that. Now here in James, we see an interesting thing that where we can apply uh, an aspect of the prayer of consecration. Here, when we don't know, right? Uh, again, the, the person there said, hey, we're just going to go over here. We're going to make a decision. I'm going to go over here to this town, and I'm going to live there for a year, buy, sell, trade, make a profit. It's going to be awesome. I'm going over there. And here James says, now wait a minute. As Christ followers, that doesn't need to be our attitude. Our attitude needs to be, Lord, what would you have me to do? If it's your will, Lord, I'll be glad to go over there and do that. What would you have me to do? Uh, is that something you're asking me to do? Is that something you want from me to do? What, what, what are you asking, Lord? I want to do what you want me to do. I'm not just going to make a decision on my own and go do something. I'm going to look to you and ask you what would you want me to do. Right again. I just here talking to you guys. I just remembered um, the unique experience we had when we lived uh, in Canada. Is 
we had bought our first little home. It was a town home, uh, and we were there. Uh, I think we'd been in it a year or so, and I went out one day, or I was coming home, and there was a flyer by a real estate agent. They had poked this flyer uh, in the door uh, of my town home, and it picked it up and had a picture of our house and the complex and said, homes in your neighborhood have recently sold for, and it listed the price, which was several tens of thousands of dollars more that I paid for the place. So now I'm going, cha-ching, cash, baby. I come in with a flyer, Selena, Selena, look at this. The house is selling. Do you think we should sell? And when about the time I had that out of my mouth and I was thinking that, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, now wait a minute. And he began to list my neighbors. Hey, what about Mark and Linda? What about Roderick and Linda? Hey, what about the single mom that's just across the way from you? What about Christine and her husband? What about those people that are near you? If you go, who's going to stay and minister life to them? And it was one of those things where it kind of fell into this. It stopped. I was with the decision, hey, here's an opportunity. We could go, we could buy, we could sell, we could make a profit, we could do something. But I didn't start with, Lord, do you want us to sell? Is this the time we need to sell? And the Holy Spirit graciously stopped me and said, hey, now, got to consider something else. I would like you to stay here and have influence over these people's lives. I would like you to stay here and be a light to this little neighborhood in this community. I would like you to stay in, in which we did join the uh, homeowners association and help lead in the community uh, that came shortly thereafter. So there's these things that are there that again, we can have decisions come at us um, and we kind of just need to, and, and the prayer of consecration doesn't have to be a long prayer. The prayer of consecration doesn't have to be necessarily like Jesus. Now, sometimes like Jesus did, he was wrestling with his flesh. He was there through the night in the garden, wrestling with his soul and his flesh and yielding himself to what he knew God was asking him to do. So sometimes the prayer of consecration can be a long time. But uh, for a lot of us, the prayer of consecration is real quick. Lord, is this something you want me to do? Lord, is this something you're asking of me to do? And now again, this happens when you talk about this people say well look how do i know what if god doesn't clearly say like he did to you brad with that uh situation with selling your home what if it's not that clear well the apostle paul tells us one of his stories in the book of acts that was similar so when we're making decisions in life when we're being prayerful we need to like jesus make decisions based on what we know again jesus knew the will of god so his prayer of consecration was one based on what he knew. We don't make prayers based on what we don't know in the sense of um, I'm going to go into the vagueness or something. Now, here's, here's what happened with Paul. Paul was making a decision in life. He knew by a vision, by Ananias the prophet, he knew that he would be the apostle to the Gentiles, that he would carry the message of Jesus uh, and justification by faith to people who were not Jewish. These are things he knew. This is my message. These are my people. He knew that. So he began to make decisions based on what he knew. So one day he looks up and says, hey guys, we need to go over there to the state of Asia. There's Gentiles over there. They haven't heard our message. Let's go. So they start making plans and moving in that direction. And somewhere after making that decision, it says the Holy Spirit stopped him and forbade him, arrested him, and said, nope, can't go over there. So that would have been another great time where Paul, now Paul instantly stops, 
yields and says, okay, God, we're not going to do that. That's also kind of like the prayer of consecration, even though we don't see Paul going, Lord, do you want me to go to Asia? Paul had a moment where he says, Lord, are you talking? Okay, yeah, God doesn't want us to go to Asia. We're not going to Asia. Just like God arrested me and said, okay, yeah, we're not selling our home right now. It says they make another decision. There's a city or a place called Bithynia. And so Paul says, hey, there's Gentiles in Bithynia. Uh, we carry the message they need to hear. They haven't heard it yet. Let's go to Bithynia. So they start moving in that direction. And one more time, God stops them and says, okay, there it is, stopped. We're not going to do that. Here's another opportunity for the prayer of consecration. God, okay, you don't want me to go there. I'm not going to go there. So I love this. Paul kind of did what we all need to do sometimes. He says, hey, I've tried twice. God, I'm not, I'm not understanding where you want me to go right now. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm ready to go where you want me to go. Just tell me. And Paul goes to sleep. He has a vision in the night of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here to help us. Paul pops up the next morning and says, all right, we're going to Macedonia and makes a decision. All of those could be, again, a, a type, a illustration of the prayer of consecration, right? We make decisions based on what we know. Okay, what has God, what do you know God has asked of you to do, right? When our flesh or our soul doesn't want to do that is a great time to go to the prayer of consecration and say, Lord, I, I know what you're asking. Help me bring my flesh and my soul under. I want to do what you want me to do. Again, as we go to make decisions, we start with the prayer of consecration. Lord, do you want me to do this? Is this something you want me to do? Again, I can say, is it tied back to what I know? What have you asked of me to do? Okay, God, now I can come over here and say, Lord, is this... Is this the right time, the right place? If I don't feel like I'm, I got a yes or a no, I might move in a direction and let God stop me if he needs to stop me. And when he stops me, we stop immediately and go, okay, yeah, no, I'm going to yield. Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I want to do. That's the prayer of consecration. So I hope you can see that. Maybe you know of some other uh, examples in the Bible where the prayer of consecration was used. I'd love to hear them. You can put them here on this video. You can message me on Facebook. Uh, you can text me if you got my number. I'd love this conversation to continue. Uh, again, I'm excited to be back into uh, the opportunity to do the pastors in your pockets. And we're going to just walk through, again, these different kinds of prayer and how they can be used, how we should use them. Because again, Paul says, hey, use every kind of prayer at every opportunity where it applies and understand the kinds of prayer and we'll see a more effectiveness to our prayer life. Let me back up before I totally sign off because this just came to my mind. You know, in 1 John, again, uh, John says in 1 John chapter 5, around the middle of that chapter, he says, this is our confidence in prayer in that we know that if we ask or pray according to your will, you hear us. So again, understanding and knowing the will of God is uh, the strong foundation of prayer. Understanding what the will of God is gives you a firm foundation to have an expectation of answered prayer. Right? I know many times we say, you know, well, God answers prayer three ways. Yes, no, or not right now, or maybe, or something. No, John said, hey, listen, this is our confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the answers of the prayers we have asked of him because we're praying according to his will. So this prayer of consecration is where we can say, okay, Lord, what is your will? If I know what your will is, okay, am I yielded to it? If I don't know what your will is, Lord, I'm going to go on what I do know, what I do understand. And again, maybe you don't know like I know or, or like others might know that, okay, I'm called to be a pastor or I'm called to do something specific. Maybe that hasn't become clear to you yet, and that's okay. It will. Uh, you can always go to the Bible. Lord, I can see here in the Bible you want me to love people. I can see here in the Bible you want me to tell people about who you are. I see here in the Bible you want me to pray for people. Uh, this is your will. I'm, I'm going to do your will, Lord. Help me yield. Show me. Give me opportunities. Those, again, that's also a type of the prayer of consecration because the word of God is the will of God, and I can pray and yield myself to what is clear in the will of God. So anyway, we're going to land the plane right there. It's about 20 minutes. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hope these things are, are, are helping you. Please let me know uh, how they're helping you, how we can do better at, uh, at them helping you. Please ask any and all questions you'd like, uh, and we'll get to them in the next Pastor in Your Pocket. And we'll see you soon.